Welcome to the sixth episode in our podcast series, High Reliability, Myth or Possibility. We are glad you're joining us again to examine the claim that many organizations make when they say they are highly reliable. But without any evidence to support their claim, anyone can claim to be highly reliable. We again challenge organizations to listen to our podcast series, which explores what just culture and high reliability means, how to define and measure it, and most importantly, why it matters. Today, I am so pleased to be speaking with Tampa General Hospital CEO John Corus and Dr. Peggy Duggan, their chief medical officer. Thank you both for taking the time out of your busy schedules to join us on today's episode. Thank you so much. Well, we're going to jump right in with some questions. Either one of you can jump in on this one. Please, if you could tell our listeners about Tampa General's high reliability journey, why you decided to become qualified in Collaborative Just Culture and the Reliability Management Team, and why you're working towards CHR certification. That's about three questions there together. Sure, you got it. So I I really... From my perspective, you know, I've been the chief medical officer here at Tampa General for about a little over two years now. And when I arrived, I, I think part of the my assessment as a new leader, I saw that we had all of the pieces we needed, all the work's been done with, by the leadership team to really prepare us for our high reliability journey. And so when I say that, the things that have really been a number of items that really are critical to be ready to start this journey. One is a psychologically safe environment. So, uh, and John can speak to this more, but it's one of the things he's really built here is that we expect our teams to tell us what they need and we create the psychologically safe environment for that. So that's a critical factor. You can't really do collaborative just culture or high reliability if your team members can't speak up. And so we've worked hard at that and continue to do that. The second was really around um, resourcing a a risk or a problem. And so there's two things here that I saw that were really ready to go. One was our our safety team. So our safety team is really engaged with the rest of the team members and they'll come around a table with the right stakeholders to review either a risk or an outcome to try to improve um, and limit that from happening again. And then lastly, we have a really engaged uh, process improvement group. Because if you create a a set of uh, items you want to resolve for, but you don't have the resources to really work through how to get there, you often can't complete that task. So to me, those three things being really robust here at Tampa General is part of why I felt like we were ready to kind of enter this journey. I don't know if you have anything else. General, I I think I totally and completely agree with Peggy. I think one of the, just to add a little bit to it, sitting in my seat and kind of looking at our quality journey and actually looking at the industry, there's a lot of variability. So what I mean by variability in this situation is um, there's lots of organizations that achieve high levels of quality and high degrees of quality, which in most cases, not always, but in most cases equate to better value, but it's variable. You know, some organizations get there and then they slip and then they get there again and then they slip. And that variability is, I think, dangerous in the industry because what we've got to learn as an industry is how do you get to really high levels of performance and stay there? And it's it's just the way we do our work. It's the way we think. It's the way we behave. It's the way we treat each other. It's the way we drive results. And the high reliability journey for us, led by Peggy, our chief medical officer, is 
in the, from our perspective, is the way to get there because what it what it teaches us is it is it teaches us and gives us tools and resources to work towards being highly reliable. But it's a cultural journey. It's a cultural phenomenon. It looks at the tapestry of your organization and it helps you think through the changes you need to make within the organization itself. So there's an element of stickiness that when you do achieve high degrees of performance, you're able to make it the way you do your work and not something out of the ordinary and special. And then, you know, three months later, you're kind of back to where you were. That's one of the many reasons why I was attracted to sort of this high reliable journey that Peggy really brought to us saying, we're ready for the next level. Um, we're ready to take on this journey. Uh, and one of the, and that just stuck out to me when, when it was, when I was being educated on it, I thought this, this could really help us wash out the variability and just, you know, get to those levels, those high degree, those high levels of performance and stay there. And that's really the journey we're on. And one of the things that excites me most about this work. I think that's one thing that excites me is you made a few points. One is we're kind of almost on this roller coaster. And if you put these pieces in place, it does put you to another level and you can sustain that over time. We don't backslide. Um, One point I want to bring up that I'm very impressed with with Tampa General is that you brought up first, Dr. Duggan, the psychological aspect. How many organizations talk about that? Bring it up, talk about it. And that was one of your first points, excuse me, is the psychological aspect. So um, I think kudos to you all for doing that. Um, Dr. Duggan, commend you for all the great work you're doing. You're heavily involved in this. You're kind of leading the charge on this. How has Tampa General Hospital's physician group responded to the Collaborative Just Culture program? So our physician group has been very engaged in the work. I mean, we've been very lucky to have our chief of staff, Dr. Murray Shames, be an RMT member. So on the uh, on the committee with us, trained with everybody, and really is an f- um, expert now at, as one of our medical staff leaders. Uh, the other thing we found is that all of our leadership has been it through the you know the basic training I'll call it. And they really see it as different, as John was describing. It's not something you're going to do for three months and and then go back to normal. They definitely see that. And I'll give them credit also for their readiness uh, in this journey because they've done a great job themselves. They're a highly independent medical staff. They do a lot of their own um, management. And they have a great committee that was almost at the triad level already for professionalism. So it wasn't very hard to, to really introduce that. And then the way we approach peer review with the non-punitive focus really to change systems and processes or to help a physician identify a challenge and improve, uh, there we already have that sensibility. So this has just been um, a way to organize around it and a way to bring consistency to John's point so that we don't have variability. But they're they're as engaged as our team members are in, in this work and really excited about it. Uh, John, I've been impressed with your support and involvement in implementing the Collaborative Just Culture Program and the Reliability Management Team. 
you've been heavily involved and ultimately becoming a collaborative high reliability organization. What made this work so important to you and your organization? Well, it's a great question. I appreciate the comment. Um, I, I think part of it is what I just articulated a minute or two ago about the importance of you know building something that's sustainable and reproducible and produces great quality, great outcomes, great safety, which equals great value to the consumers of healthcare. Um, so part of it is, is, is that. The other part of what I really like about it is um, it fits so well with our leadership philosophy at TGH. So our leadership philosophy, and I'm, I was really glad to hear Peggy lead with this concept and notion of psychological safety, because we we lead with a we we built a construct at TGH that basically says the following. And by the way, for the listeners, this is backed up by real science, real data. This is not anecdotal. This isn't something that I think works. We have data that says and shows that it it is effective. But we believe the following, and this is really important, and it fits beautifully with high reliability. We believe that if you lead with authenticity, so you're your genuine self, you're not a version of yourself, or you're not a version, you're not trying to be what other people want you to be, what you think other people want you to be, you're being true to who you are. If you're kind, so if you show empathy, if you show grace, if you show love um, and you're kind, that begins a very, starts a very deep connection with the people that you lead and work with. The third aspect is, is if you're transparent, if you explain the why behind every decision you make, even when you know the team might not agree with your why, at least you're being transparent and sharing the why. And then if you finally show vulnerability, admitting when you're wrong, admitting when you've made a mistake, being open to constructive criticism, feedback, and then taking that and actually doing something about it. When you take these four characteristics of leadership, you drive improvements um, in performance around trust, team member engagement, and what I think is most important, psychological safety. And when you start to improve trust in your organization, and you start to improve psychological safety, and people feel safe to challenge the status quo, to ask tough questions, um, to be the contrarian. And when you start to engage your team in a very meaningful, deep way, you drive organizational performance, both clinically, operationally, and strategically. And you start to transform the organization by simply doing what's right for the people that you lead. And you start to change the culture, enhance the engagement of the people in the organization, and you start to execute on your strategies and tactics more efficiently and effectively because you're creating this high-performing and healthy team, um, you start to see the transformation happen in your organization. High, high reliability is a good example of that. 
I don't think we could embrace this as well as we've been we've embraced it and move as quickly as we have moved with this if we didn't have a culture that was predicated on the aforementioned if we didn't have a culture that worked hard at being authentic kind transparent and vulnerable and so i i that's kind of how it fits and it fits very naturally in the organization i've been super impressed with the speed and efficiency that we've moved on this initiative. Um, Peggy is a world-class leader, a world-class chief medical officer. She has embraced this. She has brought this to the organization and it fits really nicely uh, within sort of the fabric of the institution. Now we have a lot more work to do. We're just getting started. Just, this is a journey and it's one of these journeys that, quite frankly, probably never ends. It's like continuous quality improvement. When it first came onto the scene, there was a lot of discussion and education around, you know, continuous quality improvement or total quality management, as it was called, you know, 20 years ago, was always set up as this journey that, quite frankly, never ends um, because you're always getting better plateauing, getting better, plateauing, it's kind of like a step function. And um, I think high reliability is the same kind of thing. It's, 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 a, it's a phenomenon, that a cultural phenomenon that you have to embrace. And that's what I love about it. The last thing I would say on it is we're not an organization that believes in the program of the week, month, or year, because we've all lived in those environments and they don't work. They, they don't work. Deep cultural work works. It's why don't more organizations do it? Because it's super hard to do and you have to be committed all the way because not every day is a great day. There are some days that stink because it's hard, but you have to be committed and you have to be gritty enough to get through it. That's very difficult for a lot of organizations. And quite frankly, some organizations might say the program of the month is easier. Yeah. We can compartmentalize it. We can wrap our arms around it. We're less, in, we're less interested in the efficacy of it. We just feel like we need to do something. So let's do that program. It just doesn't work. So that's a little bit of why I think it kind of fits the way it fits and why I think we're doing as well with it as we are. I would agree with that wholeheartedly because you're right. I've seen many organizations that say, give me something quick and easy. I want quick and easy. Well, that doesn't work to get the results that we want. I mean, let's face it, we're in an industry that is patience, life and death. We need there's, to be at our we we need to be at our best. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And there is nothing quick and easy about this industry. This is one of the most complex industries in the world. And we, we can learn a lot from other industries. We can learn a lot from the private sector, but this is complicated work. It's, it's highly nuanced work. There's nothing easy or quick about it. You gotta dig deep, you gotta strap in, and you gotta be willing to do the work. And that's what this is about, yeah. which is what I love. Absolutely. And and the end result is where we want to be. 
it takes time, it takes hard work, but the end result is where we want to be. And collaborative just culture and the reliability management team is your foundation. We can't have a just culture and be highly reliable. They they go hand in hand. And you you mentioned some things earlier, and I even made a few notes. Uh, True to yourself, transparent, vulnerability, a culture. You're setting up a culture. You know, this will eventually get to the point that into predictive risk management. In order to do that, we have to have a team that is willing to talk to us, that's willing to be open, to say, here's a risk that I saw. Yes, nothing happened, but here's a risk, and I I wanted to let you all know about it. If we don't create that culture, we're not going to get to that that end result. So, um, which brings me to another question, John, is, you know, the, the theory of just culture came on in the late 1990s. And I know myself even what I thought of just culture in the past is very different now. Um, Kind of what were your perceptions in the past and how have they changed now that you are in the work and doing the work? What are you realizing now that, wow, I I didn't realize before? It's a great question. I'm not lost for an answer. I'm trying to think of what the most appropriate one is. Just candidly, I wasn't really surprised by what I encountered. Um, what I was fascinated about and what high reliability underscores, what or, or excuse me, what it underscored for me early on was the interrelatability between doctors, nurses, techs, environmental services people, staff, administrators. It's not like I didn't know that before high reliability. I I did. But high reliability, for me, accentuated the importance and the significance of the interrelatability of all of these people and how we all have to be connected in a sort of a seamless ecosystem if you will, Um, that was really, it was fascinating for me to see the power in all of that, if that makes sense to you. Um, Again, it wasn't like, well, wait a minute, John, you didn't realize that we all had to work together to be before high reliability. No, of course I did. What, what, What high reliability showed me, the framework showed me is the power in the interrelatability of everyone. We know that working as teams related to quality and building value is important because we're told that it's important. But to watch organically through high reliability, how that interrelatability is so critical to the performance and sustainability of the organization around this work was just something that I was like, wow, you know, there's real, evidence here that supports this notion of working together as a as a high performing and healthy team. And I don't know if that makes sense to you or not, but that's kind of something that that got popped up on my rate my radar screen earlier in this process when we started the journey. I don't know Peggy what your thoughts were, but yeah, that all makes perfect sense to me that that piece of understanding every 
everything we do connects to other things. And so we have to get them all right because any break in that in that line can cause risk, right? So I think that makes perfect sense. And the other piece I really, and I talk about this at orientation, we as the executive team meets our new team members at the orientation twice a month. And the, uh, the other thing is, what am I as a team member accountable for, right? So I'm accountable for my, my choices, my behaviors. The organization is accountable to create the environment under which I can do my job. And so that kind of really helps make clear to people, and I, I spend a lot of time on this in my discussion, so when there's a human error, you don't need to be afraid to come forward. That's critical for us because that human error can happen anywhere. You're accountable for your behaviors and choices, but an error is an error, and we're going to learn from that. And so it's I like that it's a you know a little more tactical. I really like that tactical approach and ability with our team members to get them understanding that early, so they they speak up early. It makes total sense because all of those pieces, all of those people, it doesn't matter what department, what level you are, anything, those have to come together for the end product. Um, and you're setting up a culture for that to happen. Um, Dr. Duggan, in all the work you've done, I, I mean, you've done so much work with this. Um, can you explain uh, some of the benefits that you've implemented or witnessed of implementing a collaborative just culture program? And can, can you kind of give us some examples? I've sure, heard a few examples, so I just want to hear it from you. Sure, sure. So we, I mean, one of the things I think was most striking to me is getting, um, you know, we were used to in patient safety, hearing from nursing or physicians about a safety issue. That's pretty common, maybe PCTs, but bedside team members. We now have every division of the organization essentially calling for help when they want to evaluate a risk. And I'm so impressed with that. So early on, um, our leader in IT, Brian Hammond, called because he identified a risk. Nothing bad had happened in the blood bank with a single printer problem. No, no redundancy. And so that never would have happened without our engagement. I really think we would have waited until there was a, a problem and we needed to go and fix it. And so that one really strikes me. And then people and talent, too. So we're doing some work with them. And that would, again, not have happened prior to everybody understanding what doing a collaborative risk review brings to the table and how we break down the problems and really do that in such a, and that's one, the people in talent group, uh, one of the, the messages we got back was, you know, no one wants to be part of a area where there's risk or where there's been a, an error, um, but the way it's handled and the way we're breaking down the silos around what do people need to get their jobs done right and efficiently, that's really, it's almost magical. It, it really is wonderful to see. And so we're getting more reports, which is exactly what we want. And we're getting reports that are further upstream so that it's a risk, not an outcome. And that's exactly what we're looking for. So that it's really wonderful. I see this as a re resiliency tool, right? If the less, the, the less uh, human error leads to a patient event or anything else the better off our team is going to be because people carry that. Anything that happens, they carry that with them. So to me, this is another piece of it is the ability to create some resilience for our team members by getting really good, reliable um, results for them so that a human error does not touch patient. You know, some people might say, I don't want to, I don't want to know the increased risk, but to me, bring them on. 
show them to us, show us where the risks are because we don't want them to get to an event. That's right. And yeah, so right. that was a that was a great example of you you want them to give you that information. You want them to feel comfortable so that you can evaluate as an organization, you can evaluate that risk. You said a couple words, Dr. Duggan, I would like you to, for our listeners, elaborate on. You said the people and talent. Can you tell us who that is? People and so talent. It's human resources. So it's human yeah. resources, but a, an expanded sense, right? So when you think mm -hmm. of human resources, it's kind of where you go to fix your check or where you go to, to, to be reprimanded. Right? People don't really have strong, favorable feelings. Our people and talent division, is real, they're really in charge of growing our, our people. Yes, we don't have HR, we, we have people and talent, and it's not just a play on words. We, we look at what was formerly human resources. We look at that one of the reasons we wanted to change the name, hire some different people in that division. Um, optics are important, and we wanted to position HR as more of a strategic partner to us yeah. than simply sort of a utility that we needed. So people in talent, our executive vice pre president, Colenta Kivett, and our chief people and talent officer is strategic. It is a strategic activity for us, right? They're, and our people are the most important thing we have to focus on. There is nothing more important. I would submit to you, and I, it's interesting because high reliability has shown this. I would submit to you and to your audience, and just think about this for a second. This is a little controversial. I and, and I don't believe that the pay and I and this I've felt like this for the last decade. I don't believe that the patient comes first. I believe that the team member comes first, and the patient comes second. And I think in our industry we have it wrong. We had it wrong. And I would submit to you. There's lots of data that support my position. I'll submit one very high level data point. Um, if you look at quality and you look at service across our industry in our country, quality and service is flat at best. People do not equate healthcare with great access, great convenience, great service, great cost. They don't. Well, if it was all about the patient, and we've been doing this for close to 30 years, making it all about the patient, don't you think we'd see more improvement? Now, the counterpoint to that would be, well, John, you're oversimplifying. It's a lot more than just what you're suggesting around our focus on patient versus team member, and I would agree with that. However, a big lever is that focus on the patient. We got it wrong. What's most important is our team members and our systems and our processes that support our team members, because if we give our very best to them, and in this case, through our high reliability journey, they will be able to give their very best to their patients. And after all, the patient is the ultimate beneficiary and the ultimate stakeholder in all of this. So they do benefit from us putting our team members first. And we do that through, in this case, through high reliability. I mean, we have lots of other ways we do it, but we do this through the high reliability work that we're focused on. Does that make some sense around sort of how we see this? It does. And I think sometimes we jump ahead without a good foundation, which is in essence what you're talking about. Let's make sure, let's let's put the employees first um, because that is a good foundation, I think. I agree with you. Many organizations talk about uh, innovation, 
question brought me from a comment that you made. They talk about innovation and, and utilizing innovation to transform healthcare. Healthcare should be at another level. We hear this all the time, but people have not been able to get, I guess you could say, the right prescription or perfect innovation to transform their organization. And and to provide healthcare that meets the needs of so many people and, and are affordable. I'm going to make this my last question. Would you agree that collaborative high reliability and just culture and having a reliability management team is innovative and can actually take healthcare, quite frankly, where it should be? I do. I mean, I'll just jump in here. I'll make this real quick. I, I, I absolutely do. I, I, there's no question about it. We've got to figure out processes and systems and tools that are sustainable and reproducible so when we achieve these high degrees of quality and safety and clinical outcomes and service, we can get there and stay there. And that's what high reliability, high reliability does from my perspective. And we're starting to see it work here. But remember, this is heavy work. This is difficult work. This takes time. If you're an organization or a person who wants to see a quick fix or show a result in a few months or a year, this is not for you. If you, if and I'm giving you a perspective, and there's lots of great perspectives out there. I'm not saying we're, ours is the only right one, but we want to do. We want to deeply learn about this. We want to do deep systemic work around this, and we want to change the framework of our organization so we can drive real value to the consumer of healthcare in a sustainable and reproducible way. And that is innovation and high reliability is one way to get there. Uh, Peggy? I agree hundred um, percent. And when you think about innovation, it's not always uh, like a technology, right? It's a different way to do things. And so we have shifted the way we think here in this organization and continue to do that, looking and really seeking out risk that's a very innovative way to do it. It, it. You know, in many ways, right, it's creating a lot more work for people on the front end, but in the end, there, you know, really limits that kind of rework you do on the back end when an event has happened. So it's totally shifting the way we think about identifying kind of our work product. So I agree. I think it's a, it's an incredibly innovative way to do it. And I think we owe this to our employees, our patients, and our communities to to have a just culture and to be highly reliable. I thank you all so much for joining me today. I know that you have very busy schedules and I appreciate your time. And hopefully later on when you get a little even farther into this journey, we'll have another discussion. But thank you again from your perspective and all the great work that you're doing. It's greatly thank appreciated. Thank you for your time and your interest. Have a great day. Yes, thank, thank you. you. Great talking with you. For joining us today, and tune into our next episode with Tampa General Leadership, which will be released on July 11th of 2023. We will discuss the reliability management team, the value, and how they move the organization forward in becoming highly reliable. Until next time, stay safe.